You are about to listen to the S. Anthony Says Podcast, starring S. Anthony Thomas. <laughs> you lucky bastards. All right, this is S. Anthony. Glad you came back. Ready for the next one? All right, here we go. Go! everybody how are you doing this is s anthony thomas i am the host the star the producer of this crap that you're about to listen to aka the s anthony says podcast aka s anthony says aka you people are back and i love you for it you sick bastards what is wrong with you i expect me to have problems but you people are just nuts encouraging this crap well let's get to it (laughs) did you have a good thanksgiving did you? Hmm? I'm talking to you. Yeah, you. You. I'm talking to you. You got the earbuds in, don't you? And you, you were the one driving the car. You, right? Yes, you. I'm talking to you. Stop looking at that ladies behind. You're married, you pervert. And you, right? Yes, you right there behind the computer doing some stuff in another tab. Thank you. I want to thank all of you for listening. Thank you. And thank you for bringing friends back. And you've been retweeting and reblogging me. And I appreciate that. I really, really do. You sick bastards. <laughs> so did you enjoy Thanksgiving? Did you really? Have you have you have you embraced my theory that Thanksgiving is a little bit too close to Christmas? Have you have you figured that out? Because I tend to have people over on Thanksgiving and Christmas because I'm stupid. <laughs> because the thing about it is in many cases, if, if people come to your house on Thanksgiving and they're not the immediate family, meaning someone who lives right there, someone who's the brother, the sister, the this, the that. If you have cousins and this and that coming to your house, that means that they're coming from a great distance because, you know what I'm saying? Because if they were close by, that's the funny thing. People that are close by, they'll kind of do the pop-in, but they won't stay that long. But the people that come from a great distance are the ones that stay and they don't get the hell out till the next day or maybe even the weekend. Good Lord, why? But the thing is, if they're that far away, it's kind of cool when they show up because the other jackasses, you can see them at any point in time. They're 15 minutes away or half an hour away. If you want to see these jackasses, you can go to their houses anytime you want to. And sometimes they'll come to your house and you hide from them. And they'll go, it's me, man. You don't have to hide. It's not the Jehovah's Witnesses. And you're going, no, the Jehovah's Witnesses are in here with me. I actually let them in because they're not annoying. They're just religious people. And although I don't fall in line with what they believe, at least they're pleasant to talk to. And I chose to talk to them. You, I have no choice but to talk to you because we're genetically linked. And I'm still uh, pissed off about that. Thanks, God. You could have picked better than this. These people suck. Okay, maybe you're not thinking that, but you know what I'm saying. When people come over, it's a pain in the neck sometimes. At least that's what you think in the beginning. But what starts to happen is you go, you know what? Even though these people live close by, this is a different type of thing. Because when they come by during normal circumstances, it's always, can I borrow this? Can I have that? Or telling me about an argument that somebody else had or some kind of stupid confrontational crap that's not pleasant at all and usually comes at exactly the wrong time. But on Thanksgiving, I know they're coming and I know what the motivation is. I know we're going to be there having a good time laughing and joking and talking about the things that happened during the course of the year that didn't get brought up. And we're going to reminisce and we're going to see relatives that we haven't seen in a long time. It's going to be a pleasant experience. It's going to be great. And I'm going to love it. And we genuinely do. That's Thanksgiving. However, 
If you really think about it, usually if you're the person that is the one giving the Thanksgiving dinner, you must know that less than a month later, those same jackasses are going to converge on your house. They're going to come see you. Hey, he had us on Thanksgiving. Hey, he had enough space for us. Hey, they love having us over. We had a great time on Thanksgiving, didn't we? You did have a great time on Thanksgiving. You had a great time on Thanksgiving because that was five, six, seven hours of pleasant conversation with someone that you love, but you haven't seen in a while. You haven't seen them in a minute. You don't know what's going on, the little intricate details that you're actually interested in. But now you've heard all of that stuff on Thanksgiving. And believe me, most people, I'm telling you right now, most people aren't that interesting where if you haven't seen them in a month and you talk to them a month later, they've got anything that you give a crap about hearing. Look at your life. How many things have happened between the first day of November and the last day of November? How many really super duper mega interesting things have you done or experienced where you went, oh, you know what? I have got to share this with somebody. If you say anything, you are a humongous liar because you know damn well it is not the case. Okay? Are you a super spy? Are you a superstar? Are you some jet setting millionaire? No? Then guess what you did? 30 times this month, you got up, you ate some cereal, you went to work, you didn't do a good enough job, you didn't get paid enough, you came home, you took a crap, you tried to take a run at your spouse's genitals, 20% of the time you're successful, the other 80% of the time you go to sleep mad, and that's what you did this month, and guess what, that's what everybody did this month, and I don't need to hear about you going through that, I don't want to hear that crap, but that's what you did. And if that's what you did during the month and that's what most people do during the course of the month, why in the hell would I want to hear that same crap a month later on Christmas? No, keep your punk ass out of here. You're only five hours worth of interestingness. Five hours worth of interestingness, my friend. And after that five hours worth of interestingness, you become pain in the assness. But because the holiday was a five-hour holiday, you were at the house for five hours and you got the hell out, you went to the maximum of your interestingness and you left before the pain in the assness arrived. But it takes more than a month to build up interestingness, you know? If you look at the container that is you, all it was all interestingness when you showed up on Thanksgiving. Oh, I want to get another glass of the interestingness. I want to swim in the interestingness. I want to take a shower in the interestingness. And then at the end of the time, it's all gone. But we don't know it's all gone because you leave. But then when you come back on Christmas a month later, you're empty of interestingness. And for some reason, you have been completely full of pain in the assness. Nobody wants a glass of pain in the assness. Nobody wants to swim in pain in the assness, and they damn sure don't want to shower in pain in the assness. Know what they want you to do? They want you to have a whole lot of get the hell outness. But they show up on Christmas, and it turns out it's not a bad thing. Now, I know what you're saying. You're going, S machine, man. Come on, this is family and friends, man. Do you really feel that way? Yep. But that's not the point. You're probably going, that's, that's, you're, you're a, a wonderful guy, man. You do a wonderful podcast. We like you, but we seeing a little bit of evilness in you. And I'm going after 139 podcasts. You only see a little bit of evilness. <laughs> you need to go re-listen, you bastards. And I like when people act like there's no evil in them. 
there's evil in everybody, you dumb bastards. Yeah, that's right. I said dumb bastards. If you believe that there's no evilness in people, you're a dumbass. And I mean that with love. That's tough love from the yes man to you. Do I love you? Yes. Are you a dumbass if you think people don't have evil in them? Yes. Because I would only call you a dumbass if I knew and liked you. If I didn't know you, if I didn't care about you, I wouldn't call you a big dumb bastard. Why would I do that? I wouldn't walk down the street and see somebody being a big dumb bastard and go, hey, I don't know you, but you, sir, are a big dumb bastard. I wouldn't do that, especially because it started out with the word big. I'm not going to call somebody a dumb bastard if they're big. I might call someone who's little a little dumb bastard. I might do that. But then again, if they're a little dumb bastard, they might be from a family of little dumb bastards. And then I'd get my ass kicked by a group of little dumb bastards. And I don't need to be in a viral video like that, damn it. But we have evil in everybody. Not big evil. Big evil is not in everybody. It's a small percentage of us that have the big evil in us. That's why they're on the news all the time. You ever notice that the big evil people are always on the news or on the blogs or in politics? The big evil who people who can do all the damage, the big evil people, there's not that many of them. It just seems like there's that many of them because of the amount of damage that they cause. But everybody has the little evil in them. You know the little tiny bits of evil that everybody put? Come on, don't act like you don't have the little evil in you. The whole world is full of big evil and little evil. Big evil people go to jail. Little evil, little evil goes into the bed next to you. Little evil rides in the car next to you. Little evil comes to your birthday parties. Little evil shows up on Thurs on Thursdays in November. That last Thursday in November where you're eating the turkey. Little evil shows up on Christmas, damn it. That's what little evil is. Little evil is the people you know. You don't think you have any evil in you? You don't? Not the big evil, the little evil. Of course you do, you lying bastards. That's right, I called you a lying bastard because you's a lying bastard if you think you don't have the little evil in you. Yes, you do, damn it. You never cut anybody off in traffic and had a little smile on your face and thought, huh, gotcha. Come on, of course you have. Come on. You didn't see somebody really wanting that last whatever it is on sale and you got it before they did and their face just drops and there's not even a little part of you like, ha, 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 good. Of course there is, you little evil bastard. You love it. You loved every second of it and you know it, didn't you? Of course you did. But that doesn't make you a big evil person. It, makes, it means you got a little bit of evil in you. Come on, man. Tell the truth. You ever been sitting there and you saw eat a little kid? Right? A little kid. There's not even your little kid or a little kid. Is a, your little kid is doing something really bad. And then something bad happens to the kid. Not something really, really bad. Something a little bit bad. Something along the lines of, you know, a little kid is just throwing a tantrum, throwing a tantrum, throwing a tantrum. And then a jar, then, then, then like he, he knocks his plate on the floor. Oh, that's, oh, that's the best. Oh, oh, you try to act like you don't like that crap, but it is. The, <laughs> you dumb bastard. Look at you. That's what you get, you little punk. Maybe this will teach you that the world isn't fair, that people don't have to give you crap. Your mommy didn't even want you to have that stuff, but she was too nice to tell you she didn't want you to have that stuff. But karma showed up, and karma's not a bitch. Karma's the kind of person who just likes to teach people a lesson. Karma walked up and said, this little punk is making all this noise in the place because he didn't like the toy in his Happy Meal. Well, watch this. Bam! Ice cream on the floor, you little punk. 
drunk and, <laughs> and your mother doesn't have enough money on her right now to get you another ice cream cone. She's going to have to go home. And when she goes home, she's not going to want to come back out and you're not going to have the ice cream cone because you were being a little jackass. That's what you get. And don't act like you've never seen that at a fast food place and there was a little smile on your face. <laughs> you little punk, you got what you deserve. You know you did it. Come on, man. That's evil. You sick bastards. Come on. Don't tell me you have never seen a place where there's this obnoxious jackass hitting on a woman. A woman doesn't even give a damn about him, but he won't stop bothering her. And then something bad happens to him like she turns around and splashes him in the face with some soda. Or her boyfriend comes out and the guy's like seven foot fifty. And he looks at the guy and the guy goes, and he looks like a punk and runs out like a punk. And he humiliates himself. There's something inside you that looks at that and goes, good. It's a little bit of evil. Everybody has a little bit of evil in them. And the moment you admit that you got that little teeny, tiny, tiny, tiny midget evil in you, it's a better place to be. The world's a better place to be. Your life's a better place to be. I know I have that little bit of evil in me. I don't have the big evil in me, but I got the little evil in me. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. There was a guy when I was driving to pick up something from the store, cut me off in traffic, cut me off, viciously cut me off. And I could see him laughing in the damn, I could see his face laughing in his rearview mirror. And I was pissed off. I wanted to, ooh. But I didn't want anything bad to happen to him. Okay, I did want something bad to happen to him. I didn't want anything really bad to happen to him. But I wanted something bad to happen to him. But I didn't want anything really bad to happen to him. And he sped off that dirty bastard. And I was sitting there fuming. I can't believe he cut me off like that. There was no reason for him to cut me off like that. He shouldn't have cut me off like that. And then I pulled up a couple blocks later and the chirp this this sucker was on the side of the road and you know what happened he got pulled over by the police in an area where they're notorious to give you tickets and i know that this jackass just got a moving violation and i drove by slowly and i looked out my window and i looked at his punk ass face and he knew it was me and he recognized the car and i gave him back the same smile he gave to me because i know that being an asshole just cost him three hundred dollars and two points on his license <laughs> Good. But that's evil. You shouldn't want somebody to get $300 ticket and two points on their license. You shouldn't want that, but I wanted it. And you shouldn't enjoy that, but I enjoyed it. And you shouldn't laugh about that on your podcast in front of a whole bunch of people, but I'm doing it right now. And that's right. I have a little bit of evil in me, and you got a little bit of evil in you. But I'm mostly good. And you're mostly good, too. We're good people. But it's okay to have a little bit of evil in you. <laughs> Your parking t ticket getting bastard deserves it. I'm glad he got that ticket. I'm glad he got that ticket. I hope, I, I hope, I hope, I hope that he has weed in his car too. I would love if he had weed in his car. I would love to have him have weed in his car and then have his car taken away. That's right. And then I'd want him to go home and then have his go home and find out that his wife was nailing the same police officer that pulled him over. Oh, that would be the best. Then he finds out that the kid that he had, the one that he was t taking the football practice, he realizes he's not that great of an athlete and the reason that his kid is such a good athlete is because the police officer that his wife is cheating on with him now was the same police officer that got her pregnant 14 years ago. Ah, that's right, I said I want all of that to happen to anybody that cuts me off in traffic. <laughs> Oh, 
Ooh, I think that actually that right there that that's that's uh that's that's not quite big evil, but that kind of went to medium evil right there. So I think that maybe maybe that was a little bit too far. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, I mean, quite frankly, I think medium evil actually started with me being glad that that guy got pulled over and got a big ticket. I really wasn't. I really didn't want that to happen. I mean, truth be told, I I just wanted him to know he was being a bit of an asshole. I didn't really want him to get a big ticket or anything like that. But I I'd I be honest with you, I did not pull by him slowly and look at him. I didn't do that because that's that's some kind of stupid, you know movie crap I just kept driving at my regular speed and yes I did have a little smile on my face because the asshole got a ticket but but I, I that's about it I didn't I didn't pull over I, did, I didn't do the whole slow drive by and I didn't actually wish that the police officer was the police officer would, would, was, would be banging his wife and had, would have, um, I did not wish that the, the police officer had, had knocked her up 14 years earlier and got his kid pregnant because quite got his kid pregnant I mean got his wife pregnant because quite frankly if you really think about it all the guy did was cut me off in traffic how would I know if he's married? How would I know if he has a 14-year-old kid? Did you ever even question that? Of course you didn't. You know why? Because my evil has pervaded. It's it's exposed something inside of you. <laughs> you enjoyed that story, didn't you? You enjoyed the concept of me wanting a guy to get a big ticket. You loved every second of that, didn't you? You The guy didn't even cut you off in traffic. He cut me off in traffic. And you loved it. You loved the concept of him getting a big ticket. You loved the concept of a cop getting it on with his wife. You loved the concept of the guy being a, the cop being the same guy that got it on with his wife years ago and his hypothetical child belonged to the police officer. You people are disgusting. I was just making up a story to make a point and I really didn't enjoy it. But you people actually enjoyed it. I'm ashamed of you. I can't believe you like that sickness. You people, how dare you? That's just wrong. Okay, I liked it a little bit. I was a little happy that the guy got a ticket. I, I admit it. You know, I, I admit it. I, I didn't slow drive, but I did laugh my ass off as I drove away. You know, so that's, uh, that's not quite middle evil. It's not low evil. It's not little evil. It's not medium evil. It's high little evil. Not quite middle evil. So I am high little evil. And you also, because I know you love that, we're high little evil. But we're not medium evil. And that's what's important. That's all I'm saying. Segment over. Okay, my friends, let me ask you a question. I, I just had to go and get a space heater for somebody. Um, I promised I'd go pick it up for them on the way over to their house. And I was in one of those malls, not a mall mall. I don't even know if you necessarily even called it a mall, maybe strip mall, whatever the hell you call these places. You know, there's always, you know, maybe there's a Kmart or a Walmart or some kind of a, you know, or a Target or something. And then right next to it is a big supermarket. And then between the two or three big stores, the big national chain stores, there's always a bunch of little punk ass stores that fill out the space. And you know, those stores are there just to fill out the space. They even look like afterthoughts. It looked like somebody went, okay, I've got this big giant successful store. I've got three of them. I'll put one here and one here and one here. And Oh, this extra space. Um, do you have any punk ass stores I could put there? You know, the kind of punk ass stores that are only going to be here, you know, for about a year and a half and they're going to continuously switch hands with other punk ass stores that don't realize that they have no chance of selling anything in this particular location. Do you have any of those? Yes, we do. You do? Okay. What's it called? It's called the, the, uh, we won't be here long emporium. Oh, okay. Fantastic. But the thing about it is when you notice that when you go nowadays, when you go into these places with the with the with the uh, 
the strip malls or whatever the hell you want to call them, even though some of them are pretty massive. Back in the day when you would park there, you just kind of parked there and that was it. And if somebody smashed your window, and that's just the way it is. But now what you notice is you have these guys driving around sections of the mall or the strip mall or whatever the hell you want to call it, shopping center, whatever. And they seem to be assigned a specific grid on the parking lot. And they drive around them in circles. And at first it looks kind of dumb. But if you really think about it, from what I understand, the mere fact that there's a person with a uniform corresponding with the store driving around in a, in a cart with the same color scheme as the store, wearing a uniform with the color scheme of the store, and that alone has dropped robberies of cars drastically. And it's amazing. It's like when you put a club in your car. It's just a piece of metal with some rubber wrapped around it that locks in place. It's not a mastermind device. It's not some fantastic uh, piece of engineering. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a metal bar for your steering wheel so they can't turn your steering wheel. But just like the mall security, the guy that's driving around the parking lot or the strip mall or whatever the hell you want to call it, he is basically the, uh, the club for the parking lot. And what I mean by that is the club isn't serious security. It's important security. You should have a club. It's an important device. Every car I've ever owned, I've had a club in. You know why? Because what you're really trying to stop, the club in the car, and what you're really trying to stop, the, the person driving around in the golf cart, you are not trying to stop the mastermind criminals. No professional car thief is going to be stopped by the club. If they really want your car, they're going to get your car. They don't even have to beat your ass to get your car. They'll just wait. It's like, look, I'm going to make so much money off this car. I don't want to get arrested for assault, too. I'll just wait till the sucker goes into the store and take his car. or wait till she goes to sleep and take her car or whatever. I will get the car. It doesn't matter. They're going to get it. The club is nothing. They'll cut the steering wheel. Okay? Oh, they'll cut the club. If they can't cut the club, like I said, they'll cut the steering wheel. Throw that crap in. The, you'll come back, and the only thing will be in your parking space is the club. In fact, they might take the club and use it to keep somebody from stealing the car that they just stole. But that's not to stop the mastermind criminal. The real professional car thief is not going to be stopped by the club. They don't even take the club into consideration. They can't. Why? Because it's a ridiculously lame deterrent to them. They're like, what is this? Is it really? You're going to try to guard this nine gazillion dollar car that's only seven of them world? And you're guarding it with this thing for 78 bucks? Really? You're a real genius. I don't know how you made them this much money being that stupid. And if you think about it, the mall guy, the guy driving around the mall or the strip mall or the shopping center, the guy driving around that parking lot, he's not a serious de de deterrent for a mastermind criminal or a professional criminal or a high level criminal, a, 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 a criminal gang that is making it a point to take things out of people's uh, trunks. And he's no deterrent to that. He's running around in a taser that probably doesn't even have the battery charged. And let's be honest, a lot of these guys, sometimes you see these dudes, they're driving around in the cart and they're winded from getting in and out of the cart. Yeah, they're really going to stop somebody. No. But they do drop the crime rate. It's been proven. People have said when stores have added these guys, the crime rate has dropped. Why? Because it stops the people who steal from cars. Punks, chumps, and losers. That's what the smashed, if somebody smashes out your car window to take your purse, they are a punk, a chump, and a loser. How do I know that? If you had 10 grand in your purse, would you walk away from it and leave it in your car? No. You walk away from your purse when you got 60 bucks in it. So this guy's, or whoever's smashing the window, is willing to risk five years in jail for 60 bucks. Punk, chump, loser. 
even if you put a lot of stuff in your in, in the back in the trunk of your car and this person goes in and steals it what is it usually usually things that are that big that you'll walk away from it's stuffed animals for a baby or some bassinet or some crap that really doesn't cost that much but just takes up a lot of space so they basically pop your lock and take out what some crap that doesn't cost that much but takes up a lot of space punk chump loser but they can't do that because there's this guy driving around in the cart, looking around. Hey, what are you doing over there? Look at that guy. Did he come from that car over there? I think he came from that car. I'm going to take a look at him. I'm going to sit here right here. I was going to keep on driving. I'm going to sit right here and look at him and see if he walks into the store. I'm going to look over. I'm going to do my love. I'm going to act like I'm not looking at him. I'm going to look up to the sky, but I'm really looking at him. I'm looking up at the sky, but I'm really looking at him. You know, they follow you around the the, the, uh, the mall parking lot the same way I used to get followed around bookstores when I was a teenager. Which try to act like they're not looking at you. You're going, dude, you're in a yellow outfit in a yellow cart with a light on the top of it. You're trying to be nonchalant. Could you stop following me? See that guy over there with the ski mask and the crowbar wearing a I'm going to smash windows and take shit hat? Maybe you should be following that guy. That might be a better place for you to go. <laughs> but the truth is they do stop crime. The crime of punks, chumps, and losers. And quite frankly... That's the only people that are really breaking into cars and parking lots. Little meth meth heads and crackheads, punk ass teenagers and chumps. So don't think of them as like a was I forgot that mall cop movie that Kevin James is in where he, he was rolling around like an idiot. Not that I'm calling them an idiot, but the character was an idiot, even though I didn't see the movie, but you get the point, shut up. But those guys form have a good an important function. They stop the punks, the chumps, and the losers from breaking into your car. And the punks and chumps and losers from snatching your purse. And the punks and chumps and losers from running out with a with a set of screwdrivers. Ooh, what a bunch of losers. The same way the club stops punks, chumps, and losers from taking your car. So what I'm trying to say is, just because what you see as a deterrent to things looks kind of stupid and lame, realize that usually people are going to get away with the least amount they can do security-wise because they're going to try to save money. You probably have a security system for your home. Would you get the kind of security system that costs $99 and 8 bucks a month? 8 bucks a month to guard your house? Don't you have a bunch of big screen TVs in the house and you're spending $8 a month to guard the house? You know why you're doing that? Because that's the minimum amount that it's going to take to guard your house. If a person who's a big-time thief wants to break into your house, they can wait until you leave and they'll just take your stuff out. That's not going to stop the big-time criminal. Who's that going to stop? Say it with me. Punks, chumps, and losers. A punk, a chump, and a loser. I'm going to break into this house. Oh, God. They've got, seal your home, the Sloman Shield, or whatever the hell the jingle is. Oh, God, no. I, I saw a big red shield. I'm going to now leave because I don't want, oh, God, no, not a piece of, oh, God. He's got a, a, a sign in the front of his house. <laughs> Do you realize there's people out there actually right now that have signs for security companies that don't really exist? And you can buy the sign for like $9 and stick it in front of your house so the punks, chumps, and losers will think you have a security system but won't even try to go into your house? Imagine that. Imagine some poor punk, chump, and loser showing up in good faith to rip you off and you lie and have a fake security system and you stop him from having the joy of taking your big screen TV and then getting his ass whipped by the dude who told him to steal the big screen TV because he's 
a witness to the crime and they have to now kill him. I'm just saying you should be ashamed of yourself. And you should be ashamed of yourself, people that put fake security cameras places. You know, you, you know you need a security camera to, to protect the place. But you're thinking, you know what? The only people who really rob stores like this are punks, chumps, and losers. And they're going to see that security camera. And they're going to be afraid. And they're going to go about their business and not rob this place because I got this security camera. And it only cost me $5 from this mail order catalog. I don't want to spend the extra $27 for a real camera. Why should I do that? That's enough to stop a punk, chump, and a loser. In fact, I've got a fake sign out front of this store that says I've got a shotgun. I don't have a shotgun. If you look behind that security wall, it's actually a plastic shotgun, and that's just a blow-up doll that was a Santa Claus last year. That's right. Why should I pay for a security guard when I can just have a security guard hat on the top of a blow-up Santa Claus? That's right. That's enough to stop the punks, chumps, and losers, and that's what I'm saying. So, folks, if you're going to protect yourself from punks, chumps, and losers, please do just a little bit more stores than having some guy run around in some stupid cart with a yellow shirt on with a fake badge on the front of it. And it was, it was a badge on the front of the cart for he fooling anybody. If you actually walk up to the cart and look at the badge closely and read what it says on the badge, it says, ha, 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 this is not a badge. This is just a trick punks chumps and losers yeah that's right that was actually the name of the club when it came out the punk chump and loser stopper but they thought that was a little bit too obvious and just decided to call it the club i should not be giving you all this inside information but to my podcast audience damn it and i like you to know things that you need to know so i just want to say one thing out there if you want to stop the punks chumps and losers at least give them the respect of buying a real security system. Don't buy a knockoff security system. Punks, chumps, and losers deserve love too. Just kidding. Fuck punks, chumps, and losers. Kick their ass if you get an opportunity to. That's right, I said it. Kick their ass. Normally, I'm not for violence. But if some punk, chump, or loser steals your stuff, kick the shit out of them. Yeah, I said it. But that was an interesting trip at the mall, though. <laughs> That was an interesting strip watching that guy drive around, you know. The only thing that would make him look cornier driving around in that stupid cart was if he actually had some action music playing in the back. Yeah, I saw you get out of that car and walk into the McDonald's. And McDonald's, McDonald's isn't part of this mall, you bastard. Now you better get that car and take that car across the street and park into the mall, that, into the place where it's supposed to be because you can't park in this parking lot unless you are going to be doing some business in the business that is the same color scheme as this stupid shirt and stupid hat and stupid car. I'm driving in. That's right. Now I'm going to continue on with my journey. And of course, the, as the car, as this little cart takes off, as it's rolling, it is going to start playing my action music. And that's why I feel so aggressive. Now let me put the key in. You like that music, don't you? That's right, you do. Now get your car over to the McDonald's, you bastard. Okay, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Well, that would be kind of funny, though, when you see that guy driving around in this car. You know, some Mission Impossible music playing in the background. Boom. Mm, 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 mm. Actually, that would be really, really bad because people would laugh at them more. Because even though they, like I said, they serve a good function. 
They do stop crimes. They, I'm telling you, they stop crimes. And they perform a good function and an important function. They, Even though I'm ridiculing them right now because that particular guy looked like a jackass, I'm saying he performs a great function. And I want to thank him for existing. And I want to thank him for driving around that parking lot today. Because even though I never keep anything in my car because I've been carjacked before and I'm not a moron, if I had something in my car, he decreased the chance of some punk chomping loser's taking it so mall guy in his stupid outfit that matches the stupid cart that matches the lame color scheme of the parking lots that you were driving around i salute you i american citizen who's never committed a crime who's been a victim of crime a long time ago and still remembers it and makes the precautions just in case i salute you for stopping the crime that some punk chump or loser would have done you, sir, are a real American hero, which is really kind of a bad thing. We really need to come up with some more heroes, damn it. You know what? He's not a damn hero. I know people that are in, 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 in law enforcement. They're, they're heroes. But he's a min, He's a micro hero. You, sir, are a micro hero. You're kind of heroic because you do do stop some crime. So there's you're a mini hero. I'll give you that little hero, the word hero in like really tiny letters. And then it would be in parentheses. The, and before the word hero would be the word mini to distinguish between actual heroes. But you still get the word hero. It's like having an honorary degree you do know some stuff but you didn't actually go to the school so you do know some heroic stuff you did stop some crimes but you didn't actually go to the school of actually stopping real crime so once again my friend club in the car i salute you device mall guy or strip mall guy or whatever the hell you are guy i salute you mini hero and folks let's have a moment of silent 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 Jesus Christ. Let's have a moment of silence, damn it, for the many heroes of the world. Yes. Many heroes. Here's your moment of silence. And that was it. Segment over. Hello, my friends. I want to talk to you about it, giving advice to friends when they ask you about relationship advice or when they ask you about advice about something that's very, very important to, to them. It's a weird thing, you know, because if you really think about it, you don't want to give advice to people you don't know, mainly because, quite frankly, you don't know enough about them. But when a friend comes to you for advice, it puts you in a weird position because a friend of mine was asking me about a woman that he was dating that I kind of knew because she didn't necessarily uh, meet all of his friends. She was always kind of distant in that way. But, you know, he was asking me about her. And I could, there was something a little bit off. But, I, you know, it's, it's I'm not the one dating her. So I'm not going to say anything negative about the person. She didn't seem like she was a horrible person. But I could see that the guy that who, who was asking me about this was not exactly the happiest he'd ever been. Now, as it turns out, the girl that he was dating was someone who, before she started dating him, was very, very open to getting it on with whoever she happened to be dating at the time. But he came along at, at a part in a time in her life where she decided she was going to turn over a new leaf and she decided she wasn't going to get it on with somebody until she got married. 
or at the very least until they were in a long-term relationship. She was just not going to get it on with him at all. And in the back of his mind, I could tell, and some, in some ways he kind of spelled it out, he was thinking, wait, let me get this straight. You get it on with these dudes that you that you like less, but you meet me, someone you like more, someone you're consider, considering to be a husband because you're at the point in your life, according to you, young lady, where you decided you are only going to date guys who look like they have long-term potential. So he's feeling weird. He's feeling weird because, wait a second, these other guys who you didn't care about, you're jumping on top of them and, and tearing them up. And me, someone you actually supposedly like a lot, all of a sudden, you don't want to give me any of delicious buttocks. What the hell is that? And he asked me my advice, and I told him I was in a very, 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 very similar situation a couple of times. I met a few ladies who were deciding they had been through the ringer with some other guys and decided they were going to be celibate. And when I was in my early 20s, I took that as a challenge. I was like, oh, you're going to be celibate, huh? <laughs> That's only because you haven't met me. <laughs> Once, you know what I'm saying? Once you get to spend a little time with me, S. Anthony, in his early 20s, you know, once you get to spend about four minutes with me, the first thing you're going to be thinking is, how can I get my clothes off faster? <laughs> Ow. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because when you're 21 or 22, you're a moron. I really literally thought that <laughs> I'm so cute, charming and funny. I mean, I know she decided she made a really, really big decision and announced to everybody that she knows she's going to be celibate. But she's going to spend some time with me. And she's going to be going celibate. Ha ha. Forget celibate. Here's my butt. That's <laughs> like I said, you're dumb when you're that young. <laughs> and I went out with this lady and it was in at first, like I said, I was doing, you know, you, you, it's like it was like one of those really bad sitcoms. I remember the sitcom that comes to mind is I shouldn't say bad sitcom because it's one of my favorite shows that, of all time. Because I, I used to watch the reruns when I was a little boy. Um, Three's Company. I remember there was an episode where Jack Tripper, played by John Ritter, had scammed his way into the room next to Chrissy. Uh, by I think he had pretended that there was a mouse in the uh, there was a mouse in the apartment. Larry, his friend, caught the mouse, but he didn't want Larry to let them know that they caught the mouse because then he would have an, a way of staying with Chrissy in the room. So he goes in there and he's doing his I'm so sexy walk, and he's got his hey Chrissy, how's it going? <laughs> Trying to talk her over, and it, and it, obviously they're doing it for comedic effect because it was a it was a it was a, a show built on John Ritter's physical comedy and he was purposely over the top with what he was doing because that's part of it. That was part of the show. But I realize now when I look back on it, that's how bad I was trying to be Mr. Sexy to get this woman to think, oh my God, the way he walked and talked and the way he sat down in the chair, look at how he crossed his legs and look at the way he ran his fingers through his dreads. I had dreads back then. And look at the way he's, oh my goodness. I was in much better shape back then also. So of course, when I took my shirt off, I looked like a fucking model. Look at this guy right now. Oh my God. I, you know, I had made a really big life decision to not have sex until I got into a, into a long-term relationship or married. But because this guy went to the gym and goes to the gym a lot and is in great shape, I've now changed my mind about my complete worldview and I'm going to have intercourse because his stomach looks so nice. Get the hell out of here. And after a while, I realized how much of a douche I looked like. And I apologize to douches for using them as a reference because douches actually serve a purpose and my behavior did not. <laughs> Except to make me feel like a dick years later. And I realized, you know what? Why, why, if I really, you know, do I like this girl enough to want to be in a relationship with her? Do I like her at all? This is a good time to find out. 
Because if I'm jumping on top of her, it's going to take me a long time to find out if I actually like her as a person because I'm going to be too busy enjoying jumping up and down on top of her. So we started to date and I realized that she was a really sweet girl and a sweet person. You know, and I realized without, if once you take sex off the table, you know it is absolutely just not going to happen. It means you now turn off the hunter in you and you're not hunting prey. You're not, you're not, you're not a, you're not a strategic, you know, you're not a general in making a strategic plans to attack a specific site. You're not that anymore. You're just a person getting to know another person. And I stopped trying to get laid. I just tried to spend time with her because I actually liked her as a person. And it was weird. And I know it's weird to say that it's weird, but it was weird. I look forward to me spending time with her. I look forward to having time. I look forward to giving her a kiss on the cheek and then walking out. I look forward to it. Because it meant there was another pleasant evening with somebody I liked. And it was like four or five months six months I got to the point where I wasn't even thinking about sex I mean she was an incredible beautiful woman to me but I wasn't thinking I think she looks great but it's like I knew the sex wasn't going to happen so there was no reason to obsess about it so when I did nice things for her she knew I was doing nice things because I wanted to do nice things for my girlfriend she knew it and after a while by the time that five months and change went over one day I go over to her house and I'm thinking we're going to go walk, you know, eat some popcorn, watch some movies, and then go out and do something. And I walk in the house, and she's in her underwear. Victoria's Secret underwear. And I'm still going, well, she looks awesome, but you know, once again, she, we're not having sex. Maybe she, well, you know. Yes, I went to Boner, I went to, uh, to, to Boner City. I, yes, that happened. I'm, I'm a dude. And I went to, to Boner Central, Bonerville you know, planted erection. Okay. And I, I did everything that you do as a teenage boy. I wasn't a teenage boy at this point, but you know all the tricks, how to hide the boner. And I sat down and I figured she was going to go in and put on some clothes. And she turns the television on. And she turns on some music. And then she very, very subtly ripped her bra off, stuck her, her boob in my mouth and said, you've waited long enough get what's yours and I said to myself, you know I think I might be having sex soon and I was right I picked her up, I took her into the bedroom and we destroyed each other for like until uh, I forgot what month we came out of the bedroom, but I had a beard. For we, that's how long we destroyed each other. Now, here's the funny part. We were getting along really, really well up until I took her into the bedroom and destroyed. we destroyed each other. Once we started destroying each other, all of a sudden, I'm relaxed and having an even better time. I already like this person. And now we're regularly destroying each other. What's better than this? She's beautiful. She's smart. She's charming. We destroy. Did I mention that we destroy each other? I just want to point out the fact that we destroy each other. And it was great. But the more she enjoyed the way I destroyed her and we destroyed each other, the more jealous she got. Because she figures, wait a second. What if he 
destroys and some other woman gets to destroy him and get it on with him huh well, what's down there his that's mine damn it that's my stuff what are you doing you looking at the other girlfriend what are you looking at her for? i'm not looking at anybody oh so you do oh, 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 so this is not good enough with me huh I just think you, and then i realized well, maybe that's what the problem was it wasn't have anything to do with me she was nuts it was like getting it on with her, release the nuttiness that was inside this woman. And maybe she was becoming celibate because she realized that celibacy was like taking the part of her that was absolutely batshit crazy and putting it in a jail cell so she could become tolerable as a human being. So we broke up. Because she was nuts. Would have been better if we didn't have sex at all and I went to a hooker because she was perfect until we started getting it on. Something about orgasms made that woman insane. And my friend goes, that was an interesting story, but what the fuck does that have to do with what I'm talking about? And I said to him, you know what? I started out trying to make a point, but I just kept thinking about how much I enjoyed destroying that woman. Because we, I mean, we really destroyed each other. I mean, and he goes, can we get back to can we back get back to me, please? And I go, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, dude. I got caught up in thinking about that woman. Oh, God, she was hot. Anyway... He goes, so what do you think? I said, dude, even though I went off track and started thinking about destruction, you could learn from it. This is a time you can use to find out if you really like this person, because most of the time you're not going to be getting it on. Most of the time you're not. Most of the time is not going to have anything to do with whipped cream on each other's ass cheeks. No, it's going to be about talking and sharing and caring. You got to find out if you like this person. So, dude, do you like her? I don't know. Well, then there you go. You got to find out, man. Neither one of us is, is a kid anymore. We're all, we're all, we're in the part of our lives where we're looking for serious girlfriends and wives right now. At least you are. So you got to find out whether or not this person is worth spending your time with. Not that they're, not when I say worth, I don't mean that they're less than you as a human being, but whether or not the, the relationship is worth it, my friend. You got to find out whether it's worth it. And he went off and found out that it was absolutely not worth it. <laughs> Because it was very similar to the situation with my, except the the woman that he was actually going out with started going a little nutty before they started having sex. And he's going, I'm glad I did not have sex with that woman. And I'm going, no, no, you're not. You probably would have. I mean, I, I, the woman that I went out with was, was nuts, but I, I am absolutely glad I had sex with her. I, I'm, I'm absolutely glad I did. I, I'm glad. I mean, it was, it was, it was a pain in the ass. <laughs> not literally. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> but that was weird it's weird how you when your friends ask you for advice and you kind of like I said it's weird to give friends advice about relationships and stuff because if you say the wrong things and they stay together you're stuck with that person and you know damn well their punk ass is going to tell the person what you said and they're going to be looking at you you dirty bastard if you had your way we would have broke up and then if they you give them the advice to say to stick with them and they turn out to be a nutcase, the guy's going to look at you like, you gave me the advice to stay with that weirdo and now I don't have a car because she set it on fire because she was nuts. Being a friend of someone who wants advice is interesting because you're close enough to know them and to have an idea what you think they should do based on what you know of them. But you're also far enough away where it really doesn't have a real impact on you what happens to them. Like, if you tell a friend of yours, you should stick it out with your wife, and then she winds up banging the swimming instructor, it's upsetting because your friend's hurt. 
but it doesn't really affect you. I mean, it affects, like I said, it affects you because your friends hurt, but that's not your girlfriend. If you say you should stick with that girl, then it's great, and you don't have a girlfriend, and you tell her to him to stick with that girlfriend, and she's the best thing in the world, and she's tying him to the thing, and they demolishing each other in the bed, and tearing each other up, and enjoying it, and loving it, and you're still sitting there looking at Pornhub, or, or I think that's the name of a porn a porn site. <clears throat> anyway, so it's weird, isn't it, to be giving advice to friends? I do it. I give them advice anyway. But just like when you buy a device at Best Buy or, buy a, or, or go to a website that's not Pornhub because I've never heard of it, I give them the disclaimer. Listen, you asked for this advice, you dumb bastard. This is what I see as an outsider. Even though we're close friends, it's, I'm still an outsider because this is your life. This is what I would do in a similar situation, but with different people. I could actually give you advice that would not even that won't work that would work for me but won't work for you. So don't come back to me with any crap when you do something dumb. Even if I'm the one that told you to do something dumb, because quite frankly, I don't remember coming to your house at ten o'clock in the night asking, saying, "Look, man, please tell me some of your problems. Please, I need to hear some of your bullshit problems so I can give you some half-ass advice." Because I should not be in commenting on this shit in the first place. Because I am not a professional psychiatrist or psychologist. You dumb, cheap bastard. I don't remember doing that. So you take this advice with a grain of salt. This advice from a person who's not a professional mental health care practitioner is essentially the same as buying a car with the words as is written in the window. You don't get to say shit. You walked in, you plunked down your money. They told you to take this with a grain of salt. You drove off the lot and I ain't trying to hear anything. And that's what your friends, that's what advice from your friend who is not a mental health practitioner. That is what advice from a friend is. It's a car that has as is written where the warranty normally would be. You see, you can sue a psychiatrist for giving you advice. That sucks if it's stupid and goes against the guidelines. But if your friend's a jackass who gets drunk and gets in the fist fights and vomits into random convertible cars outside of bars and then runs away to avoid an ass whipping when a bunch of guys go, that guy just vomited in my car, let's fuck him up. And he does that every Saturday night and thinks it's funny. And then you go to that jackass for relationship advice. Guess what? It's got as is written all over the top of it because you shouldn't listen to that dumb bastard in the first place. So what I'm saying, friends, is... If you give advice to a friend, let them know that it has an as-is sticker on it. Then you don't want to hear any shit if it doesn't work out. And if you get advice from a friend, please know it has an as-is sticker on it. You dumb bastard. How the hell will they know better than you? They're just like you. They're just as dumb as you are, damn it. I'm just as dumb as my friends are. When I ask them for advice and they say something stupid and I do it and it doesn't work out, I just go, hey, that dumb advice you gave me didn't work out. I don't get mad at them. I knew that they were morons. I'm an idiot. And just like everybody else, you surround people with just yourself with people just like you. You're a jackass. All of your friends are jackass. You're a genius. Your friends are geniuses. That's right. I said it. I'm just telling it the way it is. This isn't information for me, damn it. I'm trying to help you. This ain't for me. I'm trying to help you. That's all I'm saying. Advice has an as-is sticker on it. Segment over. 
okay, you weird bastards, can we talk about success and what the hell it actually does to people? You know, it's amazing what happens to people when they become successful and how fast it falls apart. It's almost like it's it's almost like a an entertaining thing in the media to watch someone become successful and then to watch them fall off and bust their ass. Now, the best story, as far as the media is concerned, and what what sells the best is to have someone become successful, turn into a tub of crap, and then get it back again and go on happily ever after. But they'll settle for you just falling on your ass. They'll settle for that. But it's funny how people become successful. And the moment they become successful, they just tear it apart for no reason. I mean, if you notice, when you see these championship teams, you see how rare it is nowadays for championship teams to go back to back? Why is that? Because especially in football, too, it's the second you become successful, everybody just kind of comes in and poaches little bits and pieces from the successful team. We know a player that just won a championship. All of a sudden, instead of realizing that the players are young on this team, you might actually have an opportunity to win multiple championships. Everybody, you know, Hell, I got my I got my ring. Hey, screw that. I don't mind going to this two and 14 team because they're going to pay me 10 million dollars a year. And you can't fault the person. I mean, they already won a title. You know, a lot of times what, what happens is when someone has a great career, like a Charles Barkley was one of the best basketball players of all time and one of my favorite basketball players because I grew up in Philadelphia, but he never won a ring. Granted, he didn't win a ring because he had to play Michael Jordan, but, you know, but he didn't get a ring. So if, if there were people that decided to take a cheap shot at him, they would, of course, talk about the fact that he never got a ring, even though any team in their right mind would take a young Charles Barkley on the team because he couldn't do anything but make the team better because he was that good. But he didn't win a ring. But when you see the football teams, like I said, the, the soon as they win the championship, all the players jump ship, coaches want to move up and all that because they want to strike while the fire, while the, while the iron is hot. And you can't blame them for that. But that's what success does. Sometimes you don't even get an opportunity to enjoy the success you have. Sometimes you put your head down and you work so hard. You have that goal in mind and it may be a big goal. And if you have a big goal, you know it's a big dream. And if it's a big dream, you have to do big things for a big period of time to achieve the damn thing. You want to lose 100 pounds? You can't think about the 100 pounds. You got to think about this week, I got to lose two pounds. That's all you can think about. You can't worry about next week. In fact, you can't even worry about anything except what you got to do today. Today, I got to do this, this, and this. Can't worry about tomorrow. Can't even look up. I'm just going to do this, 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 and this. I'm going to set up the workout program, and I'm just going to put my head down and bust my ass until I don't have as much ass. That's the way it works. That's the only way it works. And it's the same thing with anybody else doing anything else when they become successful. You put your head down, you break, you, you find out what you need to do, you set up the steps, you break it down into little bits and pieces, and you put your head down and you pound away till you get there. But there is inherently a problem in that process, even though it's the most effective way to get there. What happens is if you put your head down and just pound away, you don't get to enjoy the process. Because putting your head down and pounding away will almost guarantee you improvement on a regular basis, but you won't get an opportunity to enjoy it. You see people that put their head down, I want to become a millionaire. And they put their head down and they just drive and drive and drive and drive and drive and drive. And their kid's going off to college now. And that's a great thing. The kid's college is paid for because you work so hard, but you don't even know what kind of ice cream your daughter likes. 
You didn't get an opportunity to go to your son's football game. You can't identify your wife's boobs by taste. <laughs> Why did I go there with that? But in all seriousness, man, you don't even get an opportunity to enjoy the stuff. You got a big house and they're making a lot of money, but the, you know, your kid comes up, daddy, 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 with the crayons in the hand and you don't have time to play with the kid because you got your head down pounding away because you got to get the money. And I can I can talk about that from a, from a weight loss standpoint. Like I gotta I gotta get myself back in shape now because I haven't been working out lately, so I, I gained a little bit. But I gotta take care of business, and I will take care of business. But there was a point in time when I was young, in my early twenties, when I was in spectacular shape. I was Bruce Lee out, man. And this is for somebody that had a weight problem their entire childhood, you know. And I, I got in the greatest of shape. And I said, you know what? I need to lose this weight. I got to get this 60 pounds off. I got to get it off. And I just put my head down and pounded away. Didn't pay attention. I didn't do anything. I broke down what I needed to do in the steps. And I said, this is what I got to do on a daily basis. And I don't give a crap what anybody else says. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And I just kept pounding away. And I didn't realize I had gotten in shape. I didn't realize what kind of shape I was in. Even though I diligently relentlessly worked out and ate right. I just didn't pay attention until one day I stepped out of the shower and I was drying my hair and I looked in the window, looked in the mirror and I realized that I now had the body that I dreamt of having my entire life. This is the body at the time that if I had this body my entire childhood, I don't even know what my life would be like. Because there would be there would be no relentless teasing as a child. There would be no embarrassments in gym as a child. I would have been able to jump. I mean, if I was in the kind of shape I was in at that point, gym would have been a joy instead of a torture. There would have been more girlfriends at, 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 had I been in that kind of shape. I would have looked better in my clothes. My childhood would have been completely different if I was in that kind of shape. And I finally achieved it. I finally got it. It was mine. The body I always wanted to have was mine. And I did not enjoy the process of getting there at all. I didn't even know I was in that kind of shape. I was working so hard. I didn't even know. I could have been enjoying the entire process. I could have enjoyed every five pounds that fell off my body. I could have enjoyed the, the strength increases. I could have enjoyed the increase in flexibility of cardio. I could have enjoyed every bit of it. I could have enjoyed women looking at my ass and honking. The, there were women that used to honk. The, or there were some women that honked their horns, talking about, well, I'm going to do this to you. and that, did, did, You know, the kind of thing that, that, that women can't stand but guys would love. I started to get that, and I didn't understand it. I didn't even enjoy it. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And that's the same thing as a guy or a lady who's busting their ass to, 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 to pay the bills. Who's so focused on that that they don't get an opportunity to enjoy the little things. It's amazing. That's what success will do for you. The things that get you to success sometimes are the things that take away the joys of the process of becoming successful. I was just thinking about that because, you know, because like I said, a lot of times sports and then when I look at sports, sometimes there'll, there'll be some comparisons that are drawn. And I see, uh, like, I, like I said in the beginning of this segment that, you know, sports teams fall apart when they become champions because people poach them. And I was watching the I was watching the um, they were talking about the, the Chip Kelly, who's the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles now that one of the college teams was going to talk to him about the job, the vacant job. 
and it just reminds me of people that don't get it. <laughs> I mean, the guy was at Oregon. He goes to Philadelphia, has a ten and six season the first year, and now he's at currently at nine and three, and 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 he's uh building something. He's building something in the sport in this country at the highest level in a top five city. And they think he wants to go back to Florida. Now, I don't know whether he's going to do it or not. He probably won't, because why the hell would he do that when everything's on the upswing for him? But you have to ask yourself a question about the college. Why would you waste your time doing that? Why would you waste your time actually going after a guy who has a job in the number one league in a legendary city in a ridiculously supportive town making a truckload of money when he just left college. That's just a dumb move. You know? That's like that's like that's like going up that's like you going up to Beyonce and going, listen, um I know you were a gorgeous superstar and you married to Jay Z and y'all both rich and famous and happy and you have children. But I was just I was just saying, I mean, you know, <laughs> Remember that time he spilled some cornflakes on the table and didn't wipe it up right away? I mean, right there, divorce him. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Why would you waste your time? You know, I mean, I know y'all love each other and all of that, and you're both highly successful and legends in your specific uh, musical genres, and then you have you both make about seventy, eighty million dollars a year, and you have a beautiful child together, and you're the envy of pretty much everybody else on the planet, and you look like you're, you're really, really happy and successful and all of that. But, uh, <laughs> girl, I don't want to brag or anything like that, but I make 75K a year. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I was wondering if you would just, you know, if you would leave Jay-Z for me. <laughs> you know, because I, mean, I, I manage this restaurant. And I'm telling you, he may have all the success and money and all of that, but I can get you free Subway sandwiches on a regular basis. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> It's that stupid. I don't know why I brought that up. Actually, I do know why I brought that up. While I was talking to you, I was watching the sports thing on the TV, and it was saying that a college team was trying to, I think it was Florida, trying to make a run at Chip Kelly. Just calm down, dickheads. Go find somebody who you can you have a shot at, you jackasses. Back to success. Enough digression. Is that a word? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, but, 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 I mean, if you really think about success... In 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 uh, in the country, it's funny how every you know when you watch the sports teams, and it's the same thing in life. To to get help of any kind, you kind of got to fall off the radar. You got to fall really far before you get any kind of help. You know, if you're really super duper mega ultra successful, you know, people are willing to just give you shit. You know, like if you're the if you're the a team that's a super duper mega power. There'll be there'll be there'll be super duper star basketball players or football players who, because they know you're perennially right there near the top, will take a pay cut just to play there so they can get that ring. If you're a middle of the pack team, you're not going to do anything but stay in the middle of the pack. That's your ass. You don't want to fall so far, so you need the help because you don't. In your back of your mind, you're going, "Why would I go backwards?" And you know you're not good enough to move up. I had the Sixers were like that for years, 44, 42 and 40, 39 and 30, 43 and 39. And all they were was an, it was a tough out in the first round for somebody. And that's all they were ever going to be. 
and now they're cellar dwellers. They don't think they they haven't even won a game yet. They stink. They suck. They have to tank, I guess, to get a good player. Now that means the system blows because it can be exploited like that. You know. But if you watch the successful people, even though they don't need the help, they get the help. You have like in Miami with LeBron got his two. The other players that come there and we're going to win six championships and 50 championships and 80 championships and 9,000 championships. And they won on the, they went on to win championships. It's funny. You get stuck in the middle. You can't get out of the middle. You're in the bottom. You can't get out of the bottom and you're in the top. You don't want anybody else at the top. That's how it is in sports. That's how it is in life too. You know, you see the people who are billionaires. They don't want you there. Fuck what they want you there. I know there's only a few hundred of them, maybe a thousand of them are, you know, but they don't want you there. The middle class people, you want to be a billionaire, but let's be honest, that shit's not going to happen. And you definitely don't want to fall down to be really, really poor. You're getting close to it because they keep taking money from your punk asses, but you're getting close to it, but you're fighting and fighting and fighting, just barely staying in the middle class as it shrinks. And poor, and I know what that's like, you don't you you just you're like fuck it <laughs> i can't get out of this shit every time i try to get a little bit of money together something happens and they take it away and fuck it so everybody's kind of locked in their positions everybody's got their head down pounding away trying to get what their version of success is when you're when you're poor you you're successful when you survive you know when you're in the middle class you're stuck in the middle you you're not going to let yourself slide down and you know you can't get to the billionaire level, so success to you is surviving and getting a couple of things. You know, when you when you when you when you're poor, when you when you survive, oh, I don't get thrown out of my house, great. Oh, well, maybe the lights are off for a couple of weeks, but you know, fuck it, I, we'll get some candles. Okay, the lights are on, but the phone's off. Doesn't matter. I got my uh, I got a cell phone. Well, the cell phone's off, but the phone's back on. Fuck it. Okay, the water's off, but we got water in the basement. That's what it's like being poor. Always something missing. When you're middle class, deep in the middle class, you get the bills paid. It hurts to pay them. You feel the money going out. You can, oh, how much is the electric bill? Oh, you can make the payment, but you can feel that money leaving. Oh, oh. And maybe you get a big screen television because you're in the middle class. You get a big screen TV. At least you have that. Or maybe you get to go on a vacation once every four years. At least you get to take the kids to Disneyland that one time. You're in the middle class. You're not poor. You're in the middle class. You get to go to Disneyland once or twice while they're chill. Their kids, great. Maybe you have a new car. That's going to be the only new car you have for seven or eight years. But you got it because you're in the middle class. You're going to be a billionaire? Fuck no. But you're in the middle class. <laughs> and that's success. You're in the middle class. Billionaires, all that shit's successful. I can have whatever the fuck I want. You know, I can buy whatever I want, including politicians. I can do whatever the hell I want, have whatever I want, whenever I want. It's the way it is, damn it, because I'm a billionaire and fuck everybody else. Success for them is everything they do when they wake up. <laughs> I mean, if you really think about it, I know what it's like to be poor and I know what it's like to be in the middle class. I don't know if, I mean, I ain't planning on ever being a billionaire. I mean, if it happens, it'll be by fucking accident. I'll invest in some kind of, I'll be able to get some money together and I'll, I'll invest in whatever it is, comes after Google. It'll go ape shit and I'll be rich. In which case, I'll, of course, 
uh, go back and erase everything I said about rich people in all of my podcasts and uh, change exactly who I am as a human being. And of course, I'll, of course, change my opinion on having rich people buy politicians because, you know, at that point, I'll have money in the hell with y'all. <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't have said that. I, I, that was not a good idea to say that. Right. I should probably just say that I'm going to be nice to people anyway. <laughs> well, that, that, that's what's going to happen. I definitely will not forget about everybody in the podcast and just go around spending money buying influence and banging hot women because I, I, I that's not the kind of person I am. <laughs> oh god people are going to hear this oh, jesus christ i made a promise to myself that i wasn't going to edit out a lot of stuff god i'm going to kind of feel like a hypocrite but then again i'll be at that point i'd be a billionaire so it really wouldn't matter i mean you can just go well man remember you be back when you were one of us and you did the podcast and we started liking it and it was cool we enjoyed it and we listened to it every week and you said you, when you became a billionaire you were going to say f everybody and you were just going to spend money and buy influence and bang hookers and stuff like that and we thought you were kidding <laughs> of course i'm kidding <laughs> i wouldn't do that i am absolutely going to do that shit let me become rich i'm gonna be the biggest asshole on the planet I'm just going to literally walk down the street and randomly curse people out. I'm going to go, hey, dude, what time is it? Well, uh, it's 730. It's 730. Good. Your mother's a whore. And then he's going to try to fight me. And then my bodyguards are going to kick the shit out of him because I'll be rich, damn it. <laughs> oh, God. This is kind of a sensitive microphone. They could probably hear this, right? Really? They can hear this shit. Oh, jeez, let me talk even softer. That's not helping. They can still hear this. Oh, damn it. I should probably just end this segment. What do you think? Yeah, that's the best way to get out of this shit. Just end the goddamn segment. Segment over. Okay, cats and kitties, dudes and dudettes, what you have just heard was the S. Anthony Says podcast, also known as S. Anthony Says. It is over. That was it. Hope you loved it. If you're listening to this right now, unless you fast forwarded to this point, it means you love the podcast and I'm hoping that that's the case. In fact, I know that that's the case. Damn it. I love talking to you. Now, what I need you to do is to tell everybody you know about the podcast. Talk it up. Give me five-star reviews on whatever podcast you're listening to. If you're listening on iTunes, give me five stars on iTunes. If you're listening to me on Stitcher, give me five stars on Stitcher. If you're listening to me on whatever you are listening to me on and they have the opportunity to rate the podcast, give this podcast five stars, damn it. That's right. Now, having said that, that obviously means that you can hear this podcast on Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, and the home base for this podcast is santhonysays.podbean.com. Hey, do me a favor. Follow me on Twitter, on either one of them. Actually, follow me on both Twitters, damn it. Follow me on at santhonythomas. And also, for the podcast-specific Twitter, follow at santhonysays. But I would suggest following both because that means you're gonna get more me yeah and more singing like that which was really really bad <laughs> folks i want to thank you guys very very much you bringing everybody back with you which is which is a, a wonderful thing i appreciate the kind words um 
I should probably give the email address because you know, well, you know, here it is. Uh, the email address is the S Anthony says podcast at gmail dot com. But you knew that already, obviously, from the fact that you've been sending me emails. So uh, I just want to say thank you guys for everything. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the word. Thanks for bringing people back. Thanks for being cool. Thanks for coming back every week. I appreciate you. Got much love for you, Sass fam. You're the best, damn it. Okay, you're the second best. I'm the best. But after me, you're the best. <laughs> yeah. I probably should have just said that you guys were the best and stopped saying that I was the best. That's really kind of a bad thing to do, right? I should probably say, hey, you guys are the best. And then not talk about the fact that, that I'm the best. That, that That's wrong, right? I should not do that because, you know, because that kind of sounds bad. I, I should I should you know I should probably not do that I should probably not do that but since it's already done I'm gonna stick with it I'm the best damn it and you guys are the best one a best yeah we're the you know what we'll just join into one group me and my sass fam we are all collectively the best damn it and everyone else is behind us yeah see i saved it i don't sound as much like a douchebag as i did by saying that i'm the best even though it's the truth <laughs> I, I just made it worse didn't i i really just made it worse oh okay <clears throat> Anyway, I want to say thank you, you, you sick bastards. Thank you for coming and listening. We're going to do this again same time next week or somewhere near the same time next week. Who knows what this who knows what life holds? Damn it. I'm not a mind reader. I'm not a soothsayer. I'm just a guy that has some interesting stories to tell the people with good taste. And those people with good taste will be you. Because when it comes to good taste, you're the best. See, I saved it. I said you're the best. <laughs> I saved it, didn't I? That, that's good. It's good. Good. God, I just want to make sure that I saved it. Thank you, you sick bastards. I love every last one of you, no matter what country you're in, no matter what state you're in, you sass fam. I love you. S. Anthony.